Welcome into another episode of Miked Up with Mellow and Big Country. Brought to you by Mid-America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? 2022 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at MidAmericaRV.com. We appreciate the good folks over at MidAmerica RV for sponsoring this program and for giving us an ad read to read, which makes things a lot easier on us. We don't say NIF in the ad read to start the show. It's not a matter of if you get an RV. It's a matter of when. Did you just say NIF or did you say if? I said it on purpose. I said NIF. All right. <laughs> it's not you. a matter of NIF. <laughs> I, you know, I'll probably just say it like that for the rest of my life. Huge show today. Uh, we're going to be recapping the national championship with KU's win over North Carolina. Maybe Should I say spoiler alert? It was on pretty late. I hope people were able to, <laughs> to stay up and finish it. Maybe somebody had it recorded. I hope I didn't ruin anything for you. And uh, then we'll also get into a, a peek ahead to next year and what college basketball is going to look like. Um, some different things happening as of this morning in baseball with this thing called Pitchcom. Maybe we'll get into that wild trade in the NFL and, of course, tell the truth Tuesday here. But let's start with that national championship game last night. Um, big country, as you know, I was doing a, a mock draft with our members over at the Draft Scout last night. I was trying to pay attention. There were times last night when it's like, okay, close game, close game. Then North Carolina pulled away. I kind of stopped paying attention, which is usually what happens to me. And then um, out of nowhere, KU comes back. They were down by 16 points at one point, and I thought, oof, game's over. They just gotten away from them once again, thought the game was over. But KU fights back. I'm not the biggest KU fan, but I'm happy for our guy. Um, If you've noticed, Brooks Gwynn in the chat, huge KU fan, happy for guys like that. And for some of these KU fans, it feels like they've been waiting for forever since like 2008, since the last time this that happened. It does feel like forever ago. It wasn't that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> but it is cool for KU uh, and their, their basketball fans, like I said. Uh, a lot of them in this area even. So congratulations to them. Yeah, absolutely. In that first half, I mean, North Carolina just kind of got away with everything that they wanted to do. Like everything was falling their way. And then that, the guy who looks like he's Amish, I, I don't know his name. He's got the long red hair. He just Manic. He was one of those guys that just pisses me off. You don't know why? Of like of like Hunter Pence from the Giants. He's from Oklahoma. Well, that makes exact sense. Then. That <laughs> dude was driving me insane watching that game last night. But at the same time, you have to respect it because he just kept putting himself in the right positions to score, get he got a rebound, right in the face too. Oh, not he got knocked out is what he got. Like I no mean, on his way down, it was due. Yeah, <laughs> right. But I it was just know. like. It was one of those moments for Kansas though, where you go into halftime and you hear him talk about it afterwards, and I believe it was David McCormick, where he goes, you know, I'm just sitting there and I'm just smiling at my teammates, and they're looking at me like I'm crazy. He's like, hey, let's just have some fun and play basketball. And I guess I just got the team rallied up, probably one of those cheesy moments you'd see in a movie. But, I mean, it worked out. You get to the second half for Kansas and you just keep fighting back. You know, you're missing big shots. You're missing free throws. You're kind of starting to turn the ball over, but, like, slowly but surely – you're fighting your way back into the game. And then right there at the end, where it matters most, boom, things start falling your way. Except 
when there was four seconds left, and I'm already telling KU fans congrats. Same. And home slice just steps out of bounds. And I was like, oh, my God. All you have to I do is am, inbound it. I was so stressed out, dude. Like, just for myself. Really? Like, I'm going to get murdered on social I media. felt bad because uh, there are we do have a lot of fans, sponsors, friends that are KU fans. And I did start to send some congratulatory text. And then he stepped out of bounds. And I thought it was going to come off as shit talk, which yeah. I was not trying to do. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, oof, like they're probably still going to win, but I might have been a little hot on the trigger of congratulations. <laughs> but it, they do end up pulling it out. And it, it was a good game. I was glad that I got to watch the final remaining minutes of it. Um, David McCormick, a guy like you mentioned him, uh, I thought he was fantastic down the stretch. Had two big hook shots right in the paint, which I loved. Yeah. I, and that's one thing that is going to get me back into college basketball is the fact that you just have a big man plant his ass in the paint, and then turn around and do a hook shot, and it's almost unblockable. Yeah. And you don't the get first that one, in the NBA. The one that he had missed regularly before, it, he missed it. Got his own offensive rebound. Yeah. Said, <laughs> I'm going to pass this ball out. Fuck that. I'm taking this game over. Whoop, faking right, going left, up, basket, going the other way. I will say, too, those guys were gassed at the end of that game, and deservedly so. It's been a long month and a half of basketball here in the March Madness. And it's been a long weekend for you as well in terms of travel, Final Four games, now you're here. How in the world do you throw up on the court? I've never seen that before. Did that happen last night? Yeah, North Carolina player threw up on the floor. I did not see that. Or like spit up, yeah. He was <laughs> running down the court like tapping his jersey like, give me a breather. Oh, a yes. Yeah. And then all of a yeah, sudden yeah, he yeah. just like falls over and just like spits up. Yeah, I did see that. I thought there was like projectile vomit that I missed. Oh, no, nothing that dramatic. but I've seen it before in the football field. A lot. Where players throw up in the huddle. Have you ever seen that? That's disgusting. Like on the uh, replacement. My freshman year of high school, after halftime, we were playing a, a school north of us, and they were kicking our ass. But they ran a sweet play over to my side, and, like, the kid <laughs> catches the ball, and it just immediately just, like, projectile vomits, like, right in the middle of the play. Catches the ball, continues the run. I have to make the tackle, and I just have, like, puke on my hands. It was disgusting. And he was like, I'm sorry. I had a Snickers at half. Like, he literally is apologizing. Like, I had a Snickers at halftime. The opponent? This is on the other team? Yeah, well, we were literally getting our asses whipped. So he was just, like, <laughs> uh, ass whipped and puke. Well, sorry, man. I didn't expect to play today. I was eating <laughs> I some I thought nacho. I was done at half, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It's disgusting when that happens. I've seen it on the football field. I've never seen it during a basketball game. I've seen it out of practice. I one time I was at practice, I think it was a freshman or a sophomore, and we had this kid on our team. He was like 19 or 20 years old, but he hadn't graduated high school yet. So he was able to play high school basketball. It's like I'm not even joking, 19, maybe 20 years old. And we're running at the end of a practice one day, and he just like goes into the locker room. But the coach thought he quit and thought he was walking out. Uh, but he said he was he was just doing it to throw up, and honestly, he went to smoke a cigarette because <laughs> that's the level of competition you get in liberal Missouri. Uh, but the coach was just hammering him, like, if you want to quit on us, go for it. Like, just shit-talking him the whole time. And then he comes back out, and he's like, coach, I just had to go to the bathroom. I had to throw up. <laughs> he went outside to smoke a cigarette, though, and then came back. I saw that on the basketball court. thought it was hilarious, but my ass was too tired at the time because he was running us so hard that I couldn't even, like, laugh about it. I still think about it often, though. It's like we had a kid walk out of a practice so he could go smoke a cigarette. 
that tells you a lot about our basketball team. What in the world? And the coach just ridiculing him for it, but should have. Did he, so the coach clearly saw him smoking a cigarette. No, no, he didn't. But he came back in and he smelled like a cigarette. <laughs> Jesus, which is I want to know who this was. No, he was he wasn't like some a regular. Okay, yeah, he was a passer through. He's uh, not but, relevant. <laughs> no basketball, I I do love it and. Having the national championship last night, we've been talking about it for two years, trying to get back into college basketball. I'm finally there. I'm even looking into uh, recruiting now, so I think it's official. I think I'm still a Duke fan. I think we'll see what happens. I'm not. I'm not super loyal. I'm going to say that. You know, I'm just trying to figure out my fandom too because last night I was rooting for Kansas clearly, but this entire tournament I was also rooting for Duke. And then there is a part of me that wants Texas basketball to be really good. And it felt yep. like this year could have been something special, something they build upon. We're not going to talk about the other team in the Big 12. We're going to talk about Kansas. But there is a team in the SEC that I want to mention because they won a lot of their big games this year, and I caught a lot of their games on national televised games. Saw some upsets there, and that's the Arkansas Razorbacks. Those guys played some dominant basketball the last couple of years, and they're only going to get better because you can tell those guys love playing for the coach, they love the atmosphere, and Arkansas does have something special being built there. I don't want to take anything away from Kansas. You won national title, congratulations. But things are going to be tough next year. And I think a new little powerhouse is going to be the Arkansas Razorbacks. You think so? I think you're a little premature. They're losing almost everyone. Reload, baby. Next man up. <laughs> they have a lot of good recruits coming up, but they are losing, I mean, almost every single starter that they have. It might be five for five, actually. But they're looking at their recruiting, I think they're going to be good. I'm going to let you pump your brakes on next powerhouse. They do have some really good recruits powerhouse, coming up. <laughs> that's fair. Same powerhouse. I, mean, I believe little, I heard you say we're not going to talk about that team in the Big 12. Arkansas's got a little bit of work to do before they can be KU. 100%. But yeah. They do have, um, they have three five-star recruits coming in, uh, all with good size. And then they have three four-star recruits. So they have six guys coming in that are in the ESPN Top 100. That's impressive. And I do think Musselman has done a really, really good job of hitting the transfer portal. And that is what, that's what college basketball is going to be. Now, even some of these guys, I, last night watching the game, there were no freshmen that played. Mm. So, I mean, college basketball is changing drastically to where you are going to have a lot of these guys come in that are, are transfer portal guys. And that's why I know I saw... Uh, way too early, top 25 for next year. They had Arkansas number one as well. It's hard to predict because you don't know who's entering the transfer portal. You know, usually in sports, we can look at it. And even in the, the top 25 I looked at, um, I don't remember who wrote it, but they even said, um, if you're projected to be a draft pick, we assumed you're leaving. If you're not projected to be a draft pick, we assume you're coming back. But that doesn't answer that question of the transfer portal where you've got some guys, even maybe even at KU, where they say, you know, wasn't really happy with my playing time. Still got this guy in front of me. I'm gone. I'm going to transfer. And, yeah. you know, a lot of them can do that. So I think it is tough, but I, I do agree with you to a little bit. I don't know about powerhouse, but Arkansas looks like they could be very good next year. Some of these guys that are coming in, I know nothing about them. Nothing at all except for I see their star rating. That's as far as my recruiting has gone. I, I'm not trying to break down film of these guys or anything like that. Uh, but it is exciting. And with Arkansas, I do think they can be very good. 
There is a lot of name image likeness money right here in this area, northwest Arkansas, not far from us, about an hour away, uh, which is also where Walmart is headquartered. Oh, yeah. And uh, I believe it's it's been a while now, but Walmart um, – I want to make sure I get this right. They said if you wanted to do a deal with Walmart, if your company wanted to be sold in Walmart, you had to have like a headquarters in northwest Arkansas. You have to have a branch in the area. Yep. So it brought in – over the last 20 years, it has exploded. Yep. It went from being like podunk Arkansas with, hey, but Walmart's here, to now it is – it's massive. There's an airport there now. Like it has exploded, and it's a beautiful part of the country too. But there are a lot of companies there with a lot of money and a lot of support for Arkansas. And I, it's going to show up in name, image, likeness. Just like wait and see. I, I do think on the football field, men's basketball, I, they're good at baseball even. Women's basketball I think is up. I'm, I'm not a big follower of it. But it, Arkansas sports, is, it's on the up and up. Yeah. <laughs> and I think they can make some noise in the SEC. They already have in basketball. They've made two Elite Eight runs. Football, it was kind of a laughing stock there for a little bit. And even when they hired their head coach, a lot of people poked fun at them. Like, oh, you couldn't even get this guy because they were competing with Missouri mm-hmm. for a head coach. They might have got the better guy. Yeah, They might have actually won that battle. So Arkansas is, is going to be tough uh, going into next season. They're, they're recruiting very well. I do think that they will still hit the recruiting uh, in the transfer portal and be very good. Duke is another one of those teams, though. Um, we, I've wondered how well they will be after Coach K, how well they will be able to recruit, how good they'll be on the floor. They also have a shitload of recruits coming in. And they have the number one center. They have the number one small forward. They have the number two center. They've got a lot of guys, too. Uh, five guys in the ESPN top 100 they look like they're going to be very good. I mean, you're bringing in two guys that are bigger than six foot ten. However, Duke also losing probably four starters this year, so it's going to be crazy. Like if you're in college basketball, you either have to be getting these one and done players, or you got to be hitting the transfer portal. And you know, even guys like KU, I think they're going to hit the transfer portal. Uh, even as you know, Brooks put in here, uh, Grady Dick. Looks like that's a real name, by the way. Looks like he can be really good. He's going to KU. He's one of the top recruits. So a lot to be excited about in college basketball. UCLA is another school that I think is going to be very good. Um, They were one of my final four teams. It seems like they're going to bring back a lot of those guys. They've got like a trio of veterans that just don't look like NBA players, but they're also bringing in uh, some top recruits too. We'll see how Texas does. I know you're kind of a Texas fan. I just want them to be successful. I think really my freaking college basketball teams are Texas, Duke, like right there, just like 1A, 1B, and then it goes now Arkansas, then Kansas. Mm -hmm. That's my uh, power rankings for college basketball. I don't know if you saw it. I know we're not like big college basketball guys, but we're trying. Uh, LSU fired their coach a couple weeks ago before the tournament started, actually, Mm -hmm. uh, for a lot of allegations. They have lost every scholarship basketball player that they have. They have zero scholarship players for next year. And they have lost all their recruits since that firing. It is a shit show at LSU right now. Holy cow. And that was a team. I mean, obviously there are some allegations against them. But, hey, who doesn't have recruiting <laughs> violations against them? Uh, but they, they have they've lost every single 
scholarship athletes. So they're going to have to hit the transfer portal. But the crazy thing is, I mean, if you're a, a head coach in college basketball now, you can go to some of these other schools and say, hey, you're going to be a starter for us. We just lost everybody. So they might be able to rebound fairly nicely. I don't, I don't think this is like a, oh, we're going to finish dead last in the SEC. It could. Yeah. But I, I think they'll also be able to get some guys in there. Uh, we'll see what happens with that one. But college basketball, very exciting. I'm sad that it's, that it's coming to an end. Yeah, I mean, it, it's over now. But at the same time, talking about all these, you know, the rankings for next year and the recruits that are coming in, my question is, is there a possibility that some of these guys stay, like, for the extra year eligibility that they have? Yeah, I think so. Even, like, uh, you know, last year, guys like Drew Timmy, him coming back. And looking at the North Carolina roster, guys like Baycott could come back. He's a junior. I think he made himself a lot of money in this tournament. I, I think that he's a draftable prospect now. I'm no NBA draft scout. I pretend to be when the draft happens. But I, I think that he made himself enough money that he's probably a guy who's going to opt for the NBA now. I mean, he's a proven defender and rebounder. He scored a little bit, but I, I think that he's a guy that could could definitely opt for the NBA. But also, maybe he does come back. Maybe he says, run it back, and let's do it one more time. I don't want to be drafted in the end of the first round or whatever. And, you know, Kansas has some guys. It's also difficult because that COVID year, you have yeah. some guys that could take advantage of that fifth year. And I, some of them will probably do it. I don't know if KU has any guys like that. It feels like a lot of them will probably test the waters of the NBA or even going overseas and playing in basketball is, is really popular. And you can get paid a lot of money to do it yeah. overseas. So probably more than you could as a fifth-year guy at KU. I don't know. I don't know how much Adidas is still paying these guys. I would like to see those numbers come out. Like, surely these basketball players are getting more NIL money than, like, football players are, right? Because we're talking we, about, like, quarterbacks getting paid over a million. I mean, some of these recruits got to be in the same thing, right? I think we, if somebody released it. Maybe we even talked about it here. Uh, the name, image, likeness money for March Madness. And it was all actually going to the women's side. Like, Paige Beckers was raking in. Really? Name, image, likeness money. Yeah. I, I mean, they stick around. They play for a little bit longer than the men usually do. I mean, you'll get Paige Beckers for three to four years. Yeah. Uh, where she's going to be one of the most exciting players in sports. Now, I mean, guys like Baycott, they probably didn't have any money coming in before the tournament. Boy, they probably could next year if they come back. Him and Caleb Love. Yeah, if. Uh, I think Love's a sophomore. He's had a good tournament, too, though. So I wonder about those two guys leaving. They they could be candidates to come back, but I wonder if they will leave. Yeah. And, that, I mean, Hubert Davis is going to have his hands full, too, uh, trying to recruit some of these guys. To come back, I did, and I also saw this morning. Uh, Hubert Davis made one million dollars for his base salary this year. Homie's going to need a raise. Bill Self made north of ten million. I don't know how. How do you even sign that contract to be the head coach of North Carolina with a base salary of one million dollars? Because you're following in a legend footsteps of Roy Williams. Yeah, but now I mean, it's just like you better, uh, better give me some money. Was it a one year deal? No, I mean, how long of a deal so. was it? Yeah, I, I, I don't think that it was. Um, he needs a raise, though, taking that team to the finals or to the national championship. He needs a raise. He did a very good job. He coached his ass off. And even in the, the Final Four game against Duke, that alone was worth more than a million dollars. The two wins that he had against Duke, <laughs> I'm going to need to see about five mil off of that. I, <laughs> I've done enough. 
I've checked some boxes here. I got you to a national championship. I beat Duke twice. I ended Coach K. That's worth a lot of money <laughs> to North Carolina fans. You, you can go back to uh, the boosters and say, hey, I'm going to need more of that. Um, but college basketball, way too early. Top 25 look-aheads, it's happening. But like I said, I think it's really difficult to. You can even look at schools like Houston and UCLA bring back a lot of players. But I do wonder if any of them transfer and try to go somewhere else. I know those are big programs, they're good programs, but I wonder if we get some of these smaller school guys, it will happen that do transfer. And it's going to be bananas. I remember last year, uh, who I think it was like Minnesota lost like all their scholarship players too. Yep. And uh, Missouri, we saw a big exodus of guys from Missouri. And anytime a coach gets fired, I, I saw old Doug from St. Peter's. He's in the transfer portal. See is he really? Yeah, already. Man, you might as well just say, well, everyone else is probably leaving now what you did at St. Peter's. But what's well, going to suck? Come on, man. You're just you're a role player with a mustache. Right. Like you're not. It's not like Duke's gonna be like, "Hey, we want, we want Doug." He's gonna transfer somewhere and be that guy on the end of the bench that just celebrates other players hitting a three. Okay, Doug's mustache is back from our. Yeah, look at him in the background of this three-point shot that we just hit. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I, it's maybe you have to take advantage of your lightning in a bottle here, or maybe you just stay at St. Peter's and be a legend there at your tiny, tiny school. I don't know if you can go somewhere else. Maybe, like. Like you're gonna go from St. Peter's to where? Right, like maybe like Mizzou? Syracuse. Where are you going? Like, <laughs> where where are you going? Where you can see good solid minutes? <laughs> but that is part of the transfer portal too. I mean, he'll get to talk to some of these other coaches. He lost his coach. Maybe he goes to Seton Hall, follows yeah. uh, Coach Holloway there, or maybe some of these other guys come after him and say like, "Hey, yeah, we think you can be our seventh, eighth guy off the bench." And well, you know what we're really missing this year. Missing Doug. <laughs> you know what? Ourselves you know really Doug. get us over the top? Doug. <laughs> Bring that mustache down to LSU. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that might we, need, be we need a good start. Yeah. Capitalize on some of that name, image, likeness money. Get another Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> Maybe go to Popeyes or something like uh, that. I don't know. Um, I know that you guys should go to Roper Kia. Check out that inventory that they have. And if they don't have the car of your dreams, they will help you find it. And if you mention us here at Mike'd Up, they will give you $1,000 off your nicer, newer ride. It might be worth the drive, even if you're like 14 hours away in Virginia. Yeah. Come to Joplin Mo, trade in your car, save yourself $1,000. Cars are cheaper here, so is the housing market. So there it's you just go. Like- Visit them at Roper Kia right here in Joplin, Missouri. Again, mention us here at Mike'd Up. Save yourself $1,000 off your nicer, newer ride. Absolutely. A website that you guys should visit is Gunspot. Be sure to visit them at Gunspot.com for all your gun and ammo needs. No reserved auctions every single week. And one of the best parts about the website is there's no hidden fees when you go to check out. So you don't even have to worry about it. Also, it's not a matter of if. It is a matter of when danger could arise. Make sure you put yourself in a position to protect you and your family. And you can do so with Gunspot.com. On to some baseball talk. It is... Opening week, I saw a lot of people using that term yesterday, and I'm just as excited about baseball as the next guy. Why are we trying to make opening week a thing? It's not. It starts on Thursday. It's, Why do we need to talk about called, it on Monday? <laughs> it's called opening day. Yeah, they've already reason. made it a huge thing. Like They've just now come around to where it is actually like a celebrated, hey, everybody's going to play these first two days. These are the opening days. Like Thursday is the first day. 
We've got games on at like noon, three, probably a night game too. Stop trying to make opening week a thing. <laughs> it, do, it doesn't work. This isn't football. It's baseball. Opening day is on Thursday. And it's really exciting, uh, especially for us Royals fans. But also, uh, there were some new changes being talked about as of this morning. I had not heard about this until this morning around 8 a.m. And it's called Pitch Comp. And a lot of pitchers are uh, experimenting with it. And Major League Baseball has given pitchers permission to use it. Pretty much what it is is a touchpad, kind of like what they use in the NFL where uh, your quarterback has a headset, he gets to hear the play called. Uh, the catcher is going to wear this little touchpad on his wrist and then relay that message to the pitcher, where the pitcher will hear it in his ear. He'll wear a little device on his hat, and it will say, like, fastball, up and in, slider, low and away, or, or whatever it is like that. And I've seen the pictures of it. It looks pretty interesting. It's supposed to um, deter sign stealing, and it's also, they say it will speed up the game, I I don't get it. I guess with the sign stealing, you don't really have to worry about that guy on second base seeing what you're pitching and relaying it, or you know, cameras. I you can still use cameras to zoom in. Yeah, like the stuff. That's my whole thing with this. Is I feel like it's almost going to be easier to steal because instead of trying to like see a freaking little fingers between legs, it's like okay, let's watch him hit his touchpad. If he does this with his touch pad, boom, this is it. You right. see how it's like you know, playing, you know, your best friend against Madden and you're right there, you're sitting next to each other and you're like, Oh, I saw that. He pushed triangle. Yes. I know what play you're running. One hundred percent. That's exactly what this is. And then it's like, okay, well now two infielders get to see it too. You're gonna see where they just or what signs they give and the you know, the rest of the team like, Hey, this is what pitch is coming. You think in uh, base runners aren't gonna pick up on that? I think this is almost an easier way to cheat. Well, you're going to just get Astros out there just hacking into it and being like, we're relaying it straight to our batters. It's in every yeah. helmet. We know now. We don't have to bang on trash cans. Uh, I do, like I've said before, I like that they're trying new things in baseball. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, it, they haven't for 100 years. Now they're finally saying, hey, there's this technology. Teams have been using it to cheat. Why don't we make it a little bit more difficult for them? And this pitchcom has been used in college ranks. It's been used. High school, I, I was on their website earlier today. They'll sell it to you for Little League stuff. Uh, and it sounds like it works. Even guys like Zach Grinke of uh, the Kansas City Royals, he said he used it, and he is going to try to use it when the season starts mm-hmm. as well. That They're experimenting a little bit with it. If it speeds up the game, I, that's awesome. I have not used it. I have not taken note of like games that I've watched where people are using it. If it speeds up the game, that's cool. I still don't really understand how you can. It feels like it would take a while to enter in, like, oh, this is the pitch I want. Or what if you mess up? Is there, like, a wait a second, cancel? Is <laughs> this like tap. when I go to put my PIN number in at Casey's? And it's like, ah, oh, fuck, I messed up. That's not my number for my rewards. I'm going to have to put cancel, wait for the machine to clear it, put it in again. Is that the process? Because that doesn't seem faster than putting the old middle finger down and saying, yeah, we're going to hit this guy. But who like, knows? That's my exact thought, too, because I don't know what way it makes the game faster. I feel like it's the same thing. Right. Is I, it the coach? So is, the, is the coach calling in the pitches? Or no, is it it's, the it's a device worn on the catcher's wrist. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the quarterback play sheet. Yeah. Except for you're, you're actually pressing buttons on your, your wrist for where you want the pitch located. 
If you Google a picture of it, and it makes more sense. Pitchcom, I don't understand how it's going to make the game faster. But there is, like, it's an easy, just one touch, this is where I want to pitch. And then, obviously, the catcher's still going to put his glove where he wants it. But, I mean, if you want it high and tight, you just push the button for up or left, and that's where you know the pitch is coming from. They're going to, I, I guess. But we'll see what happens with it. A lot of pitchers, I read an article about it this morning, including guys like Zach Grinke, are all about it. And there were a couple for the Yankees even that say it, it sped up the pace of the game. And if you can relay you know, these calls faster, keep guys in the box. I am a fan of that. I'm a little bit of a baseball traditionalist, but I like sitting and watching a game for three hours. It's fine. On TV, it's a little bit tougher. But if you know, you're not sitting there waiting for the pitcher on the mound for forever, if this helps speed up that process, if that helps keep pitchers in rhythm, uh, that's always been like a thing for me. I don't understand how you can stand up there for 30 seconds and then throw a pitch. Yeah. But if it speeds up the game, cool. If pitchers like it, awesome. Look, now that I see a picture of it, it does make a lot more sense. Also, the fact that there's like a little display thing that you can wear on your wrist or put on your glove. Yeah, that, I saw that too. Uh, because even in the major leagues, they're talking about like, oh, there's a device in your ear with an automated voice like Siri saying, fastball, outside. I just put it on the glove. There's a little picture where it says, Fastball outside or yeah. whatever. Or it could probably even you know, display something. I saw that they have another little device looks like a smartwatch. Yep. I think pitchers should be able to wear that. I don't think that's that bad of an idea, actually. When, you, when I see it this way, it makes so much more sense. I'm, th- I'm thinking this was like a touchpad where the catcher had to like tap it three times and then the, the pitcher is getting like a signal. I didn't realize he had like legit buttons that he was pushing. I thought it yeah. was like a touchpad deal where he was like, one, two, fastball, like two taps, fastball, and then you skim it for like, I want it outside. Like You mess up your skim, that, that, fast, that fastball's coming inside, and that's a home run. This makes a little bit more sense. Also, how the fuck did I not come up with this idea? <laughs> it seems pretty simple. These guys are probably going to make billions off of it now. Yeah, I was just John Baseball's and like, Craig. Freaking yeah, actually, you know what? This is cool. We're going to let you guys use it. But even some of the big baseball programs in college have been using it. Yeah, Vanderbilt has, yeah. Mm-hmm. For a, a while. And you know, Zach Grinke, again, using it. it. It sounds like a lot of other guys are going to be interested in using it, too. But, I mean, baseball finally being innovative, that's nice. That's nice. I just put a tweet up from the mic'd up account that shows, like, the, the little touchpad and how they'll wear it. It makes a lot of sense. But baseball season right around the corner. Um, also, the Masters right around the corner. We haven't really talked about Tiger Woods on the podcast. I'm excited, but I'm cautiously excited about Tiger Woods. It sounds like he's going to play. I know the other day, uh, hell, it might have been yesterday, the longest day of the, my life. Uh, yesterday he came was? Out, yesterday was an incredibly long day. <laughs> a stupid long day. Just let me complain here for a little bit. Do your thing, boo. Yesterday I got to the office right before 8 o'clock, and I stayed here until 4 o'clock. I took a little, like, 30-minute lunch break in which I ate lunch here in the office. So I'm here from 8 to 4. That's fine. I go home for two hours before I have to come back to do this mock draft thing. So then I was here from 6 o'clock until 11 o'clock. 
You were in here doing it? The entire time. Holy I spent two shit. hours at home yesterday. Work for yourself, they say. It'll be fun, they say. <laughs> so you got to do that bullshit. It's fine, though, because I'm sitting, I was sitting here. It was late, and I was starting to get a little bit worked up. And I thought to myself, Mello, you had to do this shit all the time as a teacher. You don't do this very much. It's April. It's draft season. A lot of people would like to have your job. Shut the fuck up and put in the pick for the mock draft. That's what I told myself. That's my inner dialogue. Uh, but no, you're not negotiating with day. yourself. Yeah, out of boy. But Thursday, right around the corner, Tiger Woods says he's a game time decision. I think that I think we all know he's going to play. He's been out there walking the course. He's been out there shooting a little bit. He's going to play. I don't know why we're even like maybe if he has like a setback, he doesn't play. But I mean, he's going to play. He's there. He's preparing. He's going to play. <laughs> So I am excited about it, but I, I do think that we also have to be a little bit realistic about it. He does have to make the cut. Yeah. <laughs> he might play Thursday, Friday, and then go home. <laughs> and his body's just like, ah, actually, yeah. it ain't going to happen. And I'm not a weatherman, but I have seen uh, the weather looks like it's going to be maybe a little bit cold and rainy there. And um, Tiger coming off you know, a couple surgeries, that knee, that leg, probably not going to feel great in the rain. Uh, I even saw... Or maybe I heard Dan Patrick talking about it this morning. He's not wearing his Nike golf shoes. He's wearing a different Nike or a different shoe brand that's supposed to help with his grip and not sliding as much. And Nike was like, "Yeah, we're cool with that. We're going to let you do that." Uh, I think Nike is smart enough to realize, yeah, as long as he's out there wearing that Nike polo and hat, wear whatever fucking shoes you yeah. want. Because if you're good, our product is just going to spike. It's going <laughs> to skyrocket, and people are going to buy Nike golf stuff again. Yep. Um, but it is, it's exciting, but I am still a little bit cautious about my excitement. I'm through the roof. I'm very excited for Tiger Woods. <laughs> this is your Bobby Witt? <laughs> yeah, he's going to be fine. Yeah, he's, it's Tiger Woods. The dude's good. The, the weather is a little concerning about the, the foot slippage, knowing that he's not going to be wearing Nike. makes it a little easier. He's doing what he can. He's doing Nike's on him to do what he needs to do to be at the best form of Tiger that Tiger can be. At today's age, after all the injuries and everything happening. Mm-hmm. I will be rooting for him. 100%. I, he looks good, though, in his practice swings. I saw some people on Twitter talking about it. I was like, hey, this rotation from like a 45, 46-year-old is actually pretty impressive. And you then you put into account the back injury, the knee injuries, everything, like the ankle, the, the broken leg from the car crash. He still has a rotation. He still has the strength. Now it's just what's the stamina? That's what's really going to matter. How are you on hole 18 on Saturday, trying to make it into Sunday. How's your body mm-hmm. feeling then? Yeah, I, I find myself rooting for him. I feel like a lot of people probably do. I don't know if there are a lot of Tiger Woods haters. Are there people that hate Tiger Woods? Not there. Probably. I mean, he did have some scandals. Yeah, but like, I mean, just like in terms of just straight golf. Yeah. I mean, I, he's just responsible for so many people being interested in golf. And maybe that's just me and kind of my era of growing up. Maybe there were some people before that. But Tiger Woods was what made golf cool. It's like, oh, my gosh, here's an actual athlete out here swinging the clubs, hitting the ball hard. So that's, that's what it was for me. Now, there are some other guys that I do like, but I don't know that I'm rooting for them in the Masters. I also don't know enough about golf to be like, oh, watch out for this guy. Um, I had no idea who the guy was that won it last year. Nor can I remember his name. Yeah. But uh, rooting for Tiger Woods, and really just to play well. Maybe he makes the cut. I think that's the first hurdle for him. 
and then stays healthy and can stay out there. But I, I also do remember some of the Tiger Woods events where it's like, okay, Tiger's playing. He's not playing well. Oh, he's opted out of this because his back hurt, uh, which was a long time ago. So I am also in the back of my mind, I guess, worried or thinking about, man, maybe he comes out on Thursday, he plays a good round, and then Friday says, nope, leg hurts, not going to do it anymore. So we'll see what happens, but uh, a very exciting day on Thursday. We will get opening day um, or opening week, whichever you want to call it. And then the Masters starting Thursday as well. But like I said, when I was uh, complaining and moaning, it's also NFL draft season. So we are going to have uh, some trades. And now you get a guy like um, a guy like a team like the Saints and the Eagles. Yesterday we saw this trade come down. And um, you and I both a little bit confused as to why. But the Eagles in the trade, um, the Eagles receive – Pick number 18. Now, they were sitting at 15, 16, and 19 and made a trade to get pick 18, but they are also going to have a pick in 2023 first round. And so that started to make more sense. Adam Schefter put out um, a picture of it, and man, I am a visual learner. I'm a picture guy. I need to see all that. I can't just read an article because I'll tell you, when Ian Rappaport put it out, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Who traded what? What pick is going where? But the Eagles are going to receive pick number 18 in this year's draft, uh, a third rounder and a seventh rounder in this year's draft, and then a first rounder in next year's draft, and a second rounder in next next year's draft. And the Saints will get, um, obviously they give up pick number 18. They trade up to 16, but they're also going to get pick 19. So in my mind, the Saints like this year's draft class. And feel like they can make some moves here. The Eagles, not as in love with this draft class, but also have some picks. And now they get one for next year. And as a lot of people pointed out on the line yesterday, this could be the Eagles, Eagles signaling that they're interested in quarterbacks next year. Now you have two first-round picks in 2023. If Jalen Hurts is not good or doesn't live up to uh, the potential, they could make a move for a guy like a Bryce Young C.J. Stroud, there does appear to be better quarterbacks in next year's class. So I actually, I like this move for both teams. And if you're the Saints, maybe you like a guy like Malik Willis. Maybe you do want to take a chance on him. Now you have two first-round picks that you can trade up and use. I mean, you do not have to stay at pick 16 or 19. Or even in the little mock draft that we did last night with the draft scout, now you can go address offensive line. You can get a defensive player in there. Hell, you can get you know, another one of these receivers is going to be there at 19 or 16. So I like this trade for both teams and what they're doing. And for the Eagles to be aggressive and say, hey, we don't need three first-round picks this year. We'll take one for next year, actually. Yeah. So I, I like the trade for both teams. I mean, I think it works out well, but now it's just interesting to see what the Eagles are going to do. Because now you just have, what, pick 18 and – what other pick do they have in the first round? Excuse me. That's what's been confusing me. The Eagles? 15, they have 15, 15 and, 18. and 18. So with that then, so it's going to go Eagles-Saints, Eagles-Saints. I mean, what's the Eagles' mindset here? What do you want? Like, if you're thinking, okay, we're just going to go one more year with Jalen Hurts, are you grabbing a receiver here at 15? Are you going to help your defense? I mean, at this part of the draft, I feel like it's kind of where we fall into, you know, some of these other offensive linemen that might drop this far, you know, some receivers or edge players. But, like, if you're Philadelphia, where are you at this year? Because we're all thinking about, well, what are they going to do next year? Mm-hmm. 
I mean, what's their plan this year? And then with the Saints, we're talking about maybe they go quarterback. Definitely think we they need to go left tackle. We've discussed that on and off air several times. But again, Philadelphia, I mean, what's your attacking plan this year? Yeah, they definitely need to go defense, uh, I think. And uh, somebody else brought up the point, and I liked it too. Paying three first-rounders in one draft class might be a little bit tough. Now you're paying two first-rounders in this class, two first-rounders next year, so you don't have everybody coming off the books right there at the same time. I mean, assuming you hit on all three first-round picks, which usually doesn't happen, but then you would have to extend them all hitting that five-year option. That's going to get a little expensive. And then trying to negotiate contracts with three former first-round picks is going to be a little bit tough. So you knock it down to two this year, and it just gives you some wiggle room with when players are coming available. Again, that's a bold strategy to assume you're going to hit on every single pick, but I think that's the thought process. Everybody thinks they're a genius. Uh, nobody ever you know, thinks they're wrong about a draft pick when they make it. They're just like, oh, yeah, this is going to This, this is, is our hit. guy. We just yeah. got a future pro bowler, Hall of Famer, got three of them in this class. When in reality, most of the players are going to suck out of this The six-rounder is the best player you got. <laughs> yeah. Even in the first round, like, what, two-thirds of them not going to be good? Yeah. It's wild. And we'll look back in three or four years and be like, man, that class is actually pretty fucking awful. Yeah. They, you know, they used to say that hitting a baseball was the hardest thing to do in sports. I actually think that hitting on a draft pick might be harder just because you have so many teams swing and miss on, on some of these draft picks. Even the can't-miss ones that uh, are super high in the draft, you still miss on a lot of these guys. And, I mean, even a, a guy who's also in the news, D.K. Metcalf. Mm-hmm. Uh, D.K. Metcalf put out a tweet the other night uh, that said he hadn't heard anything on trade rumors. And I think a lot of people saw that, looked at it, and thought, oh, okay, cool. DK's not getting moved. Well, they didn't tell Bobby Wagner when he was getting released. I thought that was a deal that they like worked out together and were like, hey, by the way, we're going to let you go somewhere else. That doesn't seem to be the case. I even heard Bobby Wagner talking about part of the reason why he wanted to go to the Rams was because they play the Seahawks twice. <laughs> so I do think that DK is being talked about in trades, and I know that a lot of the Packers and Chiefs fans – have been getting some some heat for it because they're tying themselves to it. Um, and a lot of people are coming back with the whole, if you weren't going to pay, pay Tyreek, you weren't going to pay Devontae Adams, why would you trade for a guy like Devontae, or sorry, DK Metcalf, that you're just going to have to pay? Well, the Chiefs and the Packers were going to pay those receivers. Those receivers just kind of wanted to go elsewhere. So I, I do think DK Metcalf is very much in play. And we'll see if the Seahawks actually let him go if they do trade him, but I mean, hell, I didn't think Tyreek Hill was getting traded this offseason. After Aaron Rodgers came back, I didn't think Devontae Adams was getting traded either. Now both those guys on new teams. Yeah, and Devontae Adams is just golfing it up with Derek Carr just living his freaking life out in Vegas. Um, I do think, you know, you mentioned the point there with DK Metcalf from Seattle. He is younger, and if they do trade him, what do you think the compensation is for? Is it a first-rounder? Is it one first-rounder from Kansas City? If the Chiefs are able to, like, pull that trade. Or is it a couple second-rounders and some picks for next year? It's tough because you look at what Tyreek and Devontae Adams went for. It's not more than one first-rounder. Yeah. Can't be. Now, DK is younger than those two guys, so maybe I think that's where it gets into probably equal to what Devontae Adams and and Tyreek Hill went for, that it is probably more of a here's a first and a second. And a team like the Chiefs, they got a lot of draft picks. 
So giving up a first and a second, not that big of a deal. I'm not sure what the Packers have in the second round. I know they have two first-round picks. Um, so even if you're, like, you're the Packers and you you want to pull a trade and you want to give up pick number what was it, 22 that they have, and then maybe <laughs> just give up what the Raiders gave you for Devontae <laughs> Adams. Send it back to Seattle and say, that's our best offer. That's what we'll give you. Um, DK is not as good as Devontae Adams. Maybe you can do a first and a third instead. But also, I mean, he's younger. Pairing him with Rodgers, you kind of need him. So I, I think maybe a first and a third. You could probably get DK Metcalf. Or if you're the Chiefs, you say, fuck it. Give you a first and a second. We got a ton of picks. We don't need them. That's assuming both teams are actually interested. If yeah, the Packers are not interested, I don't know what they're doing. The Chiefs, I could see them saying, like, no, we, we like what we have here at receiver. It's a possibility. The Packers need to be in on receivers, and if DK Metcalf is available, I think you got to take a shot on him for the Packers. Is a first and a third viable in your mind for DK? I think so. If Devontae Adams is going for a first and a second, okay. you might have to get a little bit more creative, like a first, a third, and a fourth, or something like that. First, a third, and a fifth next year. I don't know, something like that. I would think the talking, the the starting point is probably a first and a third. And then maybe if you're a team like Kansas City, you do get a little bit aggressive or, or Green Bay. Those seem to be the two favorites. Mm-hmm. And you get a little bit aggressive and say, fine, we want him. He's young. Here's a first and a second. It is going to be interesting to see how that plays out, especially with the draft coming up. I mean, what, we're three weeks away from it now? So it is yeah. going to come by fast. The one thing that still blows my mind about this with the NFL and these players is just the lack of communication. Like you brought up Bobby Wagner, right? Didn't even know he was going to be released. That's why he signs with the Rams. He can play Seattle twice. DK saying he hasn't heard anything about a trade. How in the world are you running an organization and these guys are finding out about trades through social media? Like, yeah. shouldn't they be at least like known? Like, hey, your name is in like trade talks. Like, you came up, right? And I do think that like years ago, people didn't realize how fast that like news would hit Twitter. So I was like, ah, oh, shit. Like we didn't we didn't even get the chance to talk to him first. Now there's no excuse. Yeah. Now you know how fast news hits Twitter. So you got to bring that guy in your office. Talk to his agent. Talk to him and say, hey, we're about to submit the papers to the NFL. You're going to be released. It's not submit the papers to the NFL, then talk to the player. You should be doing it the other way around, <laughs> especially yes. for a guy like Bobby Wagner. Like, I don't get that one. Or you know, having conversations with some of these players and being like, hey, we are listening to offers. We are getting calls. We are listening to offers for you. And maybe you don't want to upset the player, but – I, if you're if you have him on the trade block anyway, are you really interested in re-signing him? Yep. And it seems like Pete Carroll's a, a pretty good players coach. People respect him, but they they have handled things oddly there. Like I'm sure Russell Wilson knew that he was getting traded. I'm sure that he probably even knew to who. But then to cut Bobby Wagner without talking to him, I mean hell, talking about how fast news moves. Adam Schefter just tweeted. Free agent safety Tyron Matthew spotted here today visiting the New Orleans Saints. They, they put a picture of him walking into the Saints office. Like, that's how fast. We're not even getting rumors anymore. It's just <laughs> turning into, like, sports paparazzi of, hey, here's Tyron Matthew. I've been parked outside of the Saints facility for three days now. I do wonder if that's kind of what his situation has been because he went home. He did, like, some type of talk with for Brian Kelly to the football players of, of LSU. Has he just been like home this whole time waiting for the Saints to be like, well, I guess if you're here, come on in. 
like, I guess we'll talk to you. Or has he just won New Orleans this whole time and they've been like, well, well, let us figure it out. I wouldn't be surprised if he reached out and said, hey, like, let's make something yeah. happen. I, I do think for the, the Kansas City Chiefs fans that listen to us, it is funny that he won't be playing with Dan Sorensen again. Oh, yeah. If that happens, um, good luck there. Uh, I even tweeted as soon as Dan Sorensen signed with the Saints, like, oh, we can rule out Tyran going there. Uh, those two didn't get along on the field. I don't know how they are off the field in the locker room. There were definitely some disagreements on coverage and the way that it should be played, like staying close to your guys. But Tyron Matthew is an LSU guy. The Saints have been, I think, probably the favorite to land him for a pretty long time. And so now visiting with the Saints, walking into the facilities, I don't think he's there for a tour. So we'll see what happens with Tyron if he signs there. It's kind of crazy that his market has not it's not been – that good. I saw um, a while back, I honestly, I can't remember who tweeted it, but it was along the lines of, you know, any secondary member signing after April has not made more than like five or six million dollars. It's like he was wanting double digit like money. Oh, yeah. And it's like, you're going to get it at this point, this close to the draft. I mean, at one point, I wish I remember who said where I saw it. I'd give them credit. At one point, he there was talk of him wanting to reset the safety market of him wanting to be the highest-paid safety in the league. Yeah. And the Chiefs pretty much just said, no, that's not going to happen. And I, I will give the Chiefs credit for it. A lot of fans were just saying, cut the check. Like, make him the highest-paid safety. Do it. Sign him for three years. Now you can see, I mean, even the way that the rest of the NFL kind of views him. It's April 5th. He is not signed anywhere. Yep. And I, I think that goes to show that he's not the best safety anymore. Maybe he was for a year or two. Man, I think he's still a really good safety. He's a good locker room guy, most likely. But I, I do think it goes to show that the Chiefs probably right because 31 other teams are confirming what they said. Not going to make you the highest paid safety. Yep. Not even going to, honestly, might not even sign you for a multi-year deal. He might be a one-year, $7 million kind of guy. And I kind of feel bad for him if that's the case that happens. I mean, this guy does deserve like a multi-year contract just – I don't think at the price point that he wants. But he does deserve right. to be somewhere for like at least three years. He can still play football. Just yeah. have him in one role. Like don't have him be as versatile on defense. Don't have him all over the field. You know what I mean? Like you can, but just not the entire length of the game. And that's not discrediting his talent or his ability, what he can and can't do. Just make it a little, you know, I don't even want to say easier. Just take off some of the workload for it. Honey Badger to the Raiders, June first. F off. <laughs> Who said that? Jacob. Mm, Jacob, no. Do they have a fit? Jacob, you might not want him. I like Honey Badger. I respect what he did for Kansas City. I think he's going to fall off. And even like you were like, got it, sign him somewhere for three years. I would not touch him for three years. In three think, years, but... I don't know if he's still good enough to play in the NFL. Could be, like, he could be. Safety comes at you fast, and he's one of those guys, what is he, like 29? In three yeah. years, he might not be like Eric Berry type. But he hasn't been dealing with any injuries. You know what I mean? Like He hasn't anything that has him costing time. Just that wear and tear of the NFL, though. Yeah. Takes its toll on you if you're not a quarterback. Quarterbacks play until they're 40. What is a team that like he could go to and make an immediate impact? He's already been in Arizona. He's already been in Houston. He's the Chiefs been in need City. another safety. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't. Looks like that ain't gonna happen. Maybe he goes to New Orleans and goes, "Oh my God, I forgot you guys had Daniel Sorensen." 
F this, I will go back to KC. I, if I were the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I'd look at him. You lost who they lose, Jordan Whitehead. Mm-hmm. He's going to be able to chase a ring there. I think maybe that's important to him. If I were him, that's what I would explore. I think obviously being a Louisiana guy too, I mean, he might have grown up a Saints fan. A lot of players don't like to put that information out there. But, I mean, they're just like you and I. They had a team when they were growing up that they loved. Yeah. Then they get to the NFL, and it's like, oh, well, I was drafted by this team. I have to love them now. So maybe, I mean, for him, it's the Saints or bust. Maybe that's why he's walking into that office today. But I, if I were him and I was looking for, like, a good fit and a good situation for me, I would explore the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't, I don't know how he would feel about playing with Tom Brady. I know there's a little shit talk involved with those two in the Super Bowl, but <laughs> I think you can put it past you. Yeah, you just carry that to camp and not have to worry about it in game. Jacob brought up the fact that he thinks Honey Badger would be a good leader for the secondary. He's wanting him or uh, Gilmore. I, I mean, you're exactly right. He would be a fantastic leader for your secondary, especially with Jonathan Abram, because that guy's just a freaking dipshit. Yeah, I said it. Uh, I, I'm not a fan of that guy at all, but I do think Honey Badger could help with that situation. And then Brooks brings up the fact that Baltimore, Pittsburgh have been really wanting him. I think Baltimore, it almost just seems a little too perfect. It was like, of course, Baltimore would get Honey Badger. And then Pittsburgh, I think that would be another great leader on the field, just kind of help some of the younger guys that you have there and just be another solid piece on the defense. But I don't know, I mean, your point overrules all that, though. If like the Saints were his favorite team growing up, and he is a Louisiana kid, he loves LSU. He's mentioned multiple times how he wants to go be a coach there. Right? Like, if I were at the end of my run, if I thought this might be like my last contract, I'm going home. And <laughs> I've made some money. Yeah. I'm probably going home for at least a year. I mean, even a lot of guys with the Cowboys feel that way. I know that um, I've interviewed a lot of college players. It's like, hey, who's your favorite team growing up? And there's so many guys that are like, oh, man, if I ever get the chance to play for the Cowboys, that would be really cool. I mean, even uh, guys like uh, Earl Thomas. Yeah. who went to Texas, was a Raven, had some weird situations involving his brother and some girls. But even then, like, he was in the locker room. Saying like, "Hey Jerry, come get me." Yeah, bring me, me home, Cowboys. And I, so I do think that that's an underrated. That a lot of us look at it and it's Madden to us of like, "Oh well, I'm just going to sign him. I have the most money. Here we go." But remember the person behind the tweets. He might actually just want to go home. And I can't hate it on him for that one. Yeah. I do think New Orleans is a shitty city. I don't like it. But I guess if you were from there, I mean, for me, it would be I'd go back home to. Kansas City. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't heartbeat for sure. You had right? me playing in Vegas for the Raiders, but uh, it's been such a cool stadium. But, man, you know how many games I've lost for us just so the Chiefs can win? Yeah. So many. Right? Like, if I got play. drafted by the Mariners, I'm holding out. They'd be <laughs> like, we've never seen anything like this. Like, yeah, well, I'm going to Kansas City. I refuse to play for any team except for the Royals. I ain't wearing this fucking blue. <laughs> Trade me, bitch. Trade me. I am not playing. So I get it if maybe Honey Badger does want to go back to New Orleans. And they might be a good fit for him and what they need. They, need, they do need another safety there. Um, and also our fans and our listeners need Club 609 in their life, home of the best happy hour in all of the world, two-for-one drink specials, $2 draft pours at Club 609 right here in downtown Joplin, Missouri. Something for every drinker, every eater. They have good food, too. It's not just about the alcohol there. And uh, funky art. That is really cool that you can pay for there, too. So visit Club 609 again right here in downtown Joplin, Missouri.
Speaking of downtown Joplin, what about downtown Lube? Located right here in the heart of the city at 1st and Main Street. They do specialize in tires and lube, but they are much more than that. So be sure to visit their website at downtownlube.com for the full list of services. Guys pride themselves on getting you in and out as quickly as possible. If there's something they can't help you with, they're going to send you to the right location where you will be taken care of because that's just how those guys are. also want to say special congratulations to the owner, Mark Edder, as Kansas Jayhawks won. Mel and I have been receiving text messages late into the nights all year long about Kansas basketball and fuck Texas, fuck Duke, da-da-da-da-da. Sorry for the curse words, Junior Adry, but congratulations. Rock Chalk Jayhawk. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. You're going to need to oil change your tire service. Get that taken care of right here in downtown Loop in Joplin, Missouri. Yeah, another congratulations to those Kansas Jayhawk fans. Um, Facebook erupted last night. It's been tough being on social media, even on Twitter. It's like, all right, I've, guys, I've seen the and Instagram stories are the worst. Like, It's like every person I know that went to Kansas like Kansas has it on their story. And it's like I've seen the same picture 30 times by now. Did you see last night Mark Emmert called them the Kansas City Jayhawks? What an idiot. You have to be fucking fired for that. <laughs> right? Like, this is where basketball was created. And you're going to call them the Kansas City Jayhawks. Mm-hmm. You fucking dumbass. All, your whole job is to just monitor college teams. One of the most prolific college basketball teams ever. And you can't even get their name right. I, I, why was Kansas City even, like, on his mind? It's a cool city. Yeah. Why was he thinking? They're, like, they're in Lawrence, which is a good, what, 45 minutes yeah, an hour it is like, or granted, west of Kansas City? I get it. Kansas, Kansas City, they sound alike, but I just hate that guy. So anytime he messes up, I'm going to pounce on it. I just can't. I didn't it. realize it was Aaron. I, for some reason, I thought it was somebody else. I didn't realize it was him that handed the trophy. Uh-huh. Oh, also, yeah. why do you have that individual representing the entire NCAA? He's the president. You've got to look at this guy and be like, not a good, nope. No, I've been saying You're that out. for 20 years. Not really, but a good, solid Getting five. close. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely getting close. All right, it is Tell the Truth. Tuesday, though, and I said that I've been saving a couple of these, uh, so I, I have two for you today. My first Tell the Truth Tuesday, I've been I'm, – I'm into a, a true crime. I'll listen to those podcasts. I'll, I'll watch the documentaries and stuff like that. I'm one of those weirdos that likes – True crime. Even if, like, you ask me for a podcast recommendation, um, this one, outside of that, I'm not listening to a lot of podcasts. I don't listen to sports podcasts. I don't listen to politics, anything like that. It's true crime exclusive for me. And um, I'm also into, like, serial killers, which is kind of weird to admit. It sounds worse when I say it out loud. Yeah, but no I, joke. I got into the Ted Bundy tapes, which was a Netflix documentary. And it, it wasn't really anything new that I've learned. As I've said, I'm true crime nerd here. But I was watching the, the Ted Bundy tapes. And then it happened that I had to make a trip to Walmart. And I make a trip to Walmart. I'm doing my grocery shopping. I come out and there is a lady, a woman, who is trying to load a bicycle into her trunk of her car. Now, for those of you that maybe don't know... That was one of, like, Ted Bundy's moves where he would, like, put on a sling and then be like, hey, if you just help me load this into the back of my van, that would be great. And then he would kidnap people and murder them. So I have been watching this Ted Bundy stuff. I go to Walmart, and there is a – she's smaller than me, fairly attractive girl who's like, hey, will you help me put this in the back of my trunk? And I'm thinking, no. 
<laughs> Absolutely not. Am I willing and able? Uh, uh, able, I'm not willing. It, I, I had a split second of like, I'm going to have to tell this person no, because in my mind, they might kill me. Did you tell but her no? Eventually, I did it. But that's how good of a person I am. I, I risked my life to put a bicycle in the back of a, uh, of a car for uh, what I assume is a single mother. But, man, I was nervous about it. Like, I got two hands on the bike, but I've also got two eyes on her. And I'm looking. Where's your like, boyfriend? Where is where's your the crazy-ass boyfriend? I know. You, like, I'm going to have to defrisk you. I'm going to pat you down before. But I'll load this bike. But I want to make sure no guns, no knives. And this was at night at Walmart? Uh, it was like – it was 7. It was – the sun's still up. It wasn't dark. The sun was still, yeah. Hey, possibility. You never hey, know. if it were dark, if we're talking 9, 9.30, no chance. Ain't no Matter way. Matter of fact, you're getting kicked in the teeth for even asking me. <laughs> but I did it, and I'm still here today. But I will say, I was nervous. Hashtag survivor. Yeah, I'm going to write a book about I'm it. I'm glad you're here to tell the I story. survived the single mother asking me to help put a bike <laughs> in her trunk. If you hear a story come up about a woman who's been murdering men to get back. And That's another using- one. Eileen Mornos. Huh? Another serial killer. One of the first women serial killers. She that how she a, would do it? She was a prostitute. And then she would get men to pay her. And then she would kill them and take all their money. And that's why I never visit prostitutes anymore. <laughs> <laughs> anymore. They caught me off guard. That was good. <laughs> so my, my first Tell the Truth Tuesday, a little less... Uh, interesting. Watching the national championship game last night, I caught myself heavily rooting for Kansas. Like I was cussing at North Carolina players. Yeah. Like Baycott, I was just like, when he hurt his ankle, I was like, that's what I'm talking about, you fucking pussy. Like, Get off the floor. And then when he stayed, I was like, that's it. You're really injured this time. And then when Kansas stepped out of bounds, I was just like, are you freaking serious? And then I was listening to the draft that you had, you guys had going on as well. And then the Chiefs had traded up and it got a receiver. So I was quickly like, you're my boy, Blue. And then went right back to the game and started cheering again. But it was just – I had a lot of fun watching the national championship game last See, night. See, I, I, I even said that like I didn't know – how I would feel, I didn't know what my rooting interest would be. But usually, anytime I'm watching a game, my heart will figure it out for me. Yeah. I had absolutely no rooting interest last night. I don't know if it's just because like, I've started to realize a lot of friends that I made like through college and like living in Kansas City for a little bit. Of course, it makes sense there. But like even people I've met down here now, like they are Jayhawks fans. So it's like getting to cheer like with them or for them and see like how nervous they were in some of their tweets and stuff. I was like, like it's awesome. I like seeing friends happy, and everyone was happy last night. So good Even like, yeah, last night when I left the office, it was like, you know what? I don't like KU, but there's so many people that in this area that I'm happy for because I have experienced that feeling of, oh, my God, my team just won yep. the championship. So for even KU fans, even the ones that have experienced it before, that's actually something that I really haven't experienced much of. Duke, I've gotten it with them, but I'm, they're like at the bottom of my list of, fandom like if texas wins another national championship whoo i'm gonna be excited i want i definitely want to see if the chiefs or the royals win another one i'm gonna be through the roof like if if the royals win another one i might cry next time yeah i mean i will with the chiefs for sure i I fought tears the first time um so i i can get it i happy for those kansas fans i i just didn't find myself rooting for anyone though i don't understand how they got anything done last night on their main street like, just everyone standing in the street. Like, I get you on a national title. Yeah, Mass I, Street. I do question, what were you doing in the street? 
Like, I there's just, no bars, right? Like, there's not. You're not drinking right there in the street. Did you bring your own beer? There's there music playing. Is there not bars there? I think there might be, but like with everyone standing in the middle of the street like that, like I'm assuming you're probably not having you. I'm assuming you pro- some do. I, I think it's like a, it's like a bar district. It's like their college strip. I guess I didn't realize that. Yeah, it's. I think there's stuff to do there. Probably a little bit better organized and suited than Missouri State was because <laughs> that's kind of where my mind is. I was just like, <laughs> uh, funny guy. Yeah, yeah, KU a little bit better suited than Missouri State. You didn't have to laugh that hard. No. <laughs> you didn't have to say it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like a known, it's a known bar district for KU. Yeah, our guy Brooks sending us a uh, message. They, yeah, they close off the street. There's a ton of bars. Uh, alcohol is allowed. And then, I mean, winning a national championship, people are just flocking there. Um, Jayhawk pun. And drinking. I don't even know if the bars are really like, you're probably pouring shots for people. Think of like LSU when we were there and LSU won. Yeah. And the bars are just like, yep, Tigers won. Tigers won a touchdown. We're pouring fireball in your mouth. We're going to walk along the bar top and pour it in your mouth. It's like, fuck, yes you are. I want another one of those grilled turkey sandwiches. I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah. So for your uh, Missouri State comp, yeah, it, it's more of like that bar district where like not like the piano bar and, and stuff like that are. But they close the but streets like times a hundred. It's yeah. like um, Broadway and Nashville divided by a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Where That's just, the there were so down. many people there last night. I thought those pictures were awesome. Yeah. Really cool. Excited for them. Uh, my next Tell the Truth Tuesday, though, is I almost got banned from TikTok. I don't create a lot of TikTok content. I have two videos that are up. But what was it? A couple years ago. God, it's probably been like three years ago. Uh-huh. We went to a Chiefs game, and it was very cold outside. And we had prepared by bringing hot chocolate, and we were like grilling. We made, did breakfast, breakfast and stuff like yeah. that. And so the plan was like, oh, let's take some hot chocolate and we'll make it once we get it's up. It's one there. of the best tailgates we've honestly ever had. Yeah, the problem was we wanted hot chocolate. No one brought water. <laughs> we had no water, and I, I think we, we did have a way to heat it up, but we didn't have we didn't bring like bottles of water or anything like that. Yeah, so my dumbass starts dry scooping, taking dips of hot chocolate, and I got it. I got water in my mouth everywhere. Right, like it'll just I'll make hot chocolate. I can do this. I was also little under the influence. So I'm dry scooping hot chocolate, taking dips of it. And I went to put that video on TikTok. And it got like, I got a warning like, hey, this goes against our community guidelines. And I come into the office, I'm telling you about it. And you're like, oh, just put it back up. Like sometimes they don't catch it, whatever. I'm like, fine. You're definitely more involved with TikTok than I am. I'll trust you. I'll trust you on this one. Then I got a warning. It's like, if you do this again, we're shutting down your account. Now I'm afraid to post on TikTok. I might get my account <laughs> shut down all because of hot chocolate. It wasn't like I was putting even tobacco. It's not like I'm underaged. I'm 30 years old in that video putting hot chocolate in my mouth. Like who can be harmed from that? Like, yeah, the diabetes might catch up to me. But like, I, that's what happens. And as I said in the office, you have 14-year-olds shaking their ass on TikTok. But my video gets flagged. That's where we're going to draw the line and be like, man, community guidelines. <laughs> fuck that and fuck you, TikTok. So are you rebelling against TikTok then? 
I might take my content to Instagram Reels. Mm. Did you post it there? I, you know what? I just thought of it. I don't know. I haven't tried. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. <laughs> uh, I know they let me post it on my story. Yeah. I shared it with my close friends. You did. Who's... Which is everybody but not your mama. <laughs> exactly. Thanks for <laughs> my mama me. don't see it. I'm still a right? good boy. But that's my uh, second Tell the Truth Tuesday this week. My second Tell the Truth Tuesday is I am getting very annoyed with the Lakers right now. Magic Johnson goes on TV. I believe it was Get Up with Mike Greenberg. And he's talking about how the Lakers – could have gotten DeMar DeRozan and kept Alex Crusoe and also got Buddy healed by trading Kyle Kuzma. You know, if you actually got the call that like DeMar DeRozan wanted to go to the Lakers, who in the world did you let override you to say, actually, we want Russell Westbrook? If DeMar DeRozan wanted to come home that bad and be a Laker, which I think would put the Lakers in a fantastic situation, mm-hmm. and they would be much better off than what they are now, even if AD is injured. I don't know if that's an if anymore. When AD gets injured. DeMar DeRozan would be a great piece to have in L.A. Right. And you landed with Russell Westbrook. I just I don't know if I believe it. Like, I'm almost to that point where it's like, oh, he wants to come home. Then make it happen. I remember those rumors, though, last year. Uh, and even uh, for a little bit of the offseason, it was, oh, they might get DeRozan and Westbrook. Like, somebody was going to have to take a pay cut. or. Um, but even with DeRozan, they were going to do that sign-and-trade. I remember people talking about it. And then it just it never happened. So I, I do believe it, but I'm also – I agree with you. Like sometimes somebody in the Lakers front office almost needs to put their foot down and be like, hey, we understand you want to bring in Westbrook and you think it would be a good fit. We are going to bring in DeMar DeRozan. Yes. And like, yeah, you wanted Anthony Davis. Like that was a good move. You want a championship. Now, you can't really hate on that one. It's not working out for you now. But at some point somebody does need to be like, hey, LeBron, actually like get out of your own way. We know how to build a team. You go be the player. You go be, I mean, damn near the coach on the floor. You can have some input in the front office, but we're going to make the final decision. Yeah, and when you look at Westbrook and DeMar DeRozan, they're complete opposites because DeMar DeRozan don't miss, and that's all Russell Westbrook does. I think I just said Russell Westbrook. (laughs) That's all he does. Russell, so people think he has a speech impediment. (laughs) Um, I never understood it either. And even going back to, like, um, talking about this, when it happened with – Westbrook, mm-hmm. he never fit with LeBron. LeBron needs that guy, like a DeRozan, who can shoot. Yes. Who, when LeBron drives to the rim, he can kick it out to an Anthony Davis or DeMar DeRozan. And so I do, like, I kind of agree with Magic Johnson. Like, they might have been in the Western Conference Finals. And then there was talk of bringing in, like, a Buddy Heald, another good shooter, mm-hmm. keeping uh, KCP and some of the other role players that they lost. That's what he was saying. It's like, you could have kept KCP. Excuse me, you could have kept Alex Caruso, and then you trade Kuzma to get Buddy Heald. Like, that would have been fantastic. Why didn't you do it? Like, who was not listening to you? Is he putting the blame on LeBron? I think so. That's uh, the way I was reading it. I saw the clips. I didn't watch all of it. But it did appear that way that it was like, hey, once LeBron and Westbrook started talking and they kind of got this idea in their head, they had to nix the DeMar DeRozan talk which I do think really set him back. And DeRozan, like, let's remember where he was a year ago. A lot of people didn't want him. <laughs> a lot of, I mean, you could have gotten him cheap. I don't know what his contract looks like with the Bulls, but it's, it's not $45 million that you're paying no Westbrook. Shit. That's fully guaranteed. Mm-hmm. I mean, DeRozan is twice the player and half the price. So you could have taken, you know, kept some of these guys. Maybe you do keep 
Alex Caruso. I don't know if they would have because, just honestly, I don't think they valued him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's come back to hurt him. But maybe even that is like a – maybe that's a LeBron thing. I don't know that one. I would like to figure that out. I would like someone to fill us in. And there needs to be – like I said, if you're not doing a documentary about your team, you're missing out. <laughs> even for LeBron, I know he wouldn't want to put this one out because they're not going to make the playoffs. I, I would watch it. Oh, 100. This might keep my attention the most after right. Miami's. Like you, you put it on uh, HBO or whatever their streaming service is. HBO Max or HBO Go, whatever it is. Plus, or now, <laughs> I don't know what it is. Uh, you put it on HBO, I'm going to watch it. I do think that's all it is. Like, hey, let's just put a plus in front of it. Everyone's going to know exactly what it is. Right. You get this plus everything else. Uh-huh. When it $7. actually sucks and we never upgrade our content, but now you have to pay because everybody hated cable, and now we want cable TV back. And YouTube TV is still good. I like it. YouTube TV's got to figure it out. I like to even they even give you some off the movie offers. It was like, hey, thought you might be interested in watching this movie. You're like, fuck, you're exactly right. I am. Yeah, you know what? I do want to watch Ocean's Twelve again. <laughs> Thanks, YouTube TV. Um, all right, that is it for us today. Those are our tell the truths. Uh, Big Country and I going to be back right here tomorrow in the call in app right at 10 a.m. Central Time. We appreciate you guys joining us today, and we will talk to you tomorrow.